In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's arguable that no moral teaching of the New Testament is more challenging than the command in our epistle to not seek revenge against those who have wronged us. As Romans 12, 19-21 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's not so much that we disagree with this. It sounds good in theory. But when we are angry, vengeance tastes good. And we can justify ourselves by saying that it wouldn't be right to let them get away with it. So we make our case and we justify our anger. But it doesn't work out well for two reasons. First, we often think our anger is righteous. However, our anger always has some unworthy motive in it. Thus, as we carry out our revenge with impure motives, we also fall into sin and become liable to judgment. We are not just and merciful judges. This is the logic behind the proclamation, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. God is saying, let me take care of this for you so that you won't fall into sin. It is precisely the righteous judgments of God that we long for when we say, he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead. As Revelation says of Jesus, true and righteous are your judgments. The second reason our vengeance doesn't work out is that it allows other people to determine how we will behave. For example, someone says something unkind or unfair about me that makes me angry. My impulse to vengeance moves me to respond with comments of my own. This typically escalates into a war of words and recriminations. The problem is that this is just what our accuser wanted to provoke in us. And since we have responded to our accuser in kind, we have allowed someone else's wrong behavior to determine our own behavior. And our angry response provides more evidence in the case against us. As Father David used to say, never wrestle with the pig because you both get dirty and the pig will like it. In practical terms, non-retaliation means managing our reactive emotions in the short term when we are provoked so that we will not do or say anything significant that we will regret later. Then once the intense short-term emotion of anger has subsided, we can decide how to respond thoughtfully and prayerfully. Usually, wisdom will lead us to do nothing. 
The principle of non-retaliation is embedded in the language of salvation. To be saved in New Testament terms means to be justified in the heavenly court so that our accuser's case against us is thrown out for lack of merit. Our victory over the ultimate accuser is described in Revelation chapter 12, where St. John writes, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them day and night before God, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. When we put our faith in Jesus and live and die for him, God declares us to be not guilty, to be free from sin and righteous, and he promises to judge our enemies. Therefore, we no longer need to justify ourselves. As Romans says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Why then do we feel a need to justify ourselves? The answer is simple. God has declared us to be righteous, but in our actual daily experience, we often feel accused and guilty. This leads us to be defensive, angry, and vengeful. Thus, the practice of non-retaliation requires that justification <clears throat> become our experience and not just an idea in our minds. We are always justified by faith because of what Christ has done for us. However, our experience of justification is renewed by our prayer. We come to our prayer with repentance for the sins of thought, word, and deed that may have crept into our lives. And we come with faith that Jesus will continually cleanse us. As 1 John says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As Romans says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> with this renewed experience of justification, we return to the world as witnesses for Christ. And there are two behavioral consequences. First, having experienced justification, we want to maintain our innocence. We do not want to fall back into guilt by taking out unrighteous anger on someone. Second, the experience of grace will now guide our behavior. We will act in response to the good we have received from Jesus, not in reaction to the evil that someone else has done to us.
this new pattern is something we grow into through the life of prayer. The world, the flesh, and the devil continually tempt us to become offended and angry. But we habitually return to our prayer, to our justification. And we're given the grace and the power to let go and love instead. As we persevere in this pattern, it becomes our new habit. Our behavior shifts away from reacting to others and towards being witnesses to grace. This change in us is illustrated by the miracle of changing water into wine in today's gospel. The water represents the self-justifying and vengeful people we were before we came to know Christ. By the command of Jesus and the obedience of the servants, the ordinary water was changed into extraordinary wine. The new wine represents the way the life and power of Jesus is revealed in our ability to respond to evil with good. For truly in an anxious, reactive, angry, and vengeful world, the ability to love and do good to those who do evil to us is an extraordinary miracle of change. The gospel says that the changing of water into wine manifested forth the glory of Jesus and his disciples believed in him. The grace and power that Jesus gives us to respond to the evil with the good manifests the glory of Jesus through us and provides an authentic witness in the world that is able to lead people to faith. Therefore, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.